broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world in Las Vegas at 91.5 KUNV Jazz and more. This is Rita on the Road. I'm your host, Rita Pardue. Part one, we'll be speaking with Abby Quinn from Help of Southern Nevada. Part two, we'll head over to the KUNV Performance Studio and talk to UNLV professor Dave Loeb. And part three, we'll travel over to the Bootlegger Bistro and speak to Judy Tart and Ryan Baker from the Las Vegas Jazz Society. And now, part one. In the studio today, we have Abby Quinn, the Chief Community Relations Officer of Help of Southern Nevada. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Well, having you here today was something on my heart because you deal with the homeless population. And that is something that we're seeing across the, our nation. It, it is a growing, growing concern. And what I'm looking for is to learn more about Help of Southern Nevada. And what is your mission? And, and what type of resources can you offer to the homeless population? Help of Southern Nevada has been in our community for over 52 years. We're a social service agency, and our main focus is absolutely homelessness. Our mission and our goal Really, our goal is to end homelessness for one individual, one family, and one youth at a time. And since the pandemic, we definitely have seen as many cities and states across the country an influx in homelessness. I would say the largest growing population for us that we see at Help of Southern Nevada is going to be our families and our youth. And we're kind of a one-stop shop. We try and wrap around as many services as we can with our clients so that when they get to us and they're homeless and they need housing, we're thinking about all components. Because when we exit the picture, we want to make sure that our clients are self-sufficient. They're definitely going to hit another bump in the road. Something might happen. But if we give them the proper tools, we're able to know that with the tools that we've given them, that they can keep that self-sufficiency and not slide back into homelessness. Right. And this is such a complex issue. You know, people think sometimes, oh, uh, that homeless person, they're, they're just lazy or they did this or that. Let's let's really break this down and, and see, uh, because my sense is, and, I, and there's probably studies that have been done on this, you know, actually tracking, like you said, different families, individuals, but it's such a complex situation. So let's Let's break it down. Absolutely. Housing is a human right, and that's what we believe at Help of Southern Nevada. And all of our staff and our board and our volunteers and our donors believe that same thing. It's a human right. Everyone deserves to be housed. That stereotype of people being lazy or they gambled away their money, different things like that, those are very old stereotypes. That is absolutely not who we serve. Is it a small population of people that really just want to live independently? They don't want anyone looking over them or watching over them? Of course. And there are also a percentage of our clients who want to stay on the streets. That's where they feel the most comfortable or for whatever reason, there will be people that don't want to be housed. But the majority of people have um, lived paycheck to paycheck and they had some large incident in their life, many, the pandemic, or possibly medical bills for their children. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Absolutely. That's where, you know, you're just getting by. You don't really have a huge savings, savings. as a cushion, right. but then 
bam, right. something happens, and then you get this this extraordinary medical bill, Absolutely. and it just sends the family into a tailspin. Yes, and so into homelessness. And I do want to be very clear. Our clients absolutely would love to save money, but there's just there's if you're not making a living wage and you're paying 50 and 60 percent of your income is going to rent it's very difficult to save so it's not as if our clients are not educated on uh, financial literacy or different things like that it they just don't have the money to do that they don't have the ability to keep that windfall in case something happens well let's give out since you are a resource based uh, let's give a website those something that's easy to remember and we'll give it again, uh, probably several times, yes. just to reinforce it. But what is the yes. website that someone could, who's listening today could reach you guys? It's www.helpsonv.org. You can Google us. It'll come up, but helpsonv.org, and you'll be able to go to our website. We have a get help or give help section. If you're in need of the assistance, it's very clear and very direct what to do. If you see people that are homeless on the streets, refer them to us, refer them to our website. Um, but that's that's definitely the easiest way to get some information and to uh, email the info line, which is info at helpsonv.org. Now, you just brought up a, a good point about uh, if you're if our, one of our listeners is thinking, oh, let's uh, maybe I can give some help. Uh, there was a, a group that I was familiar with over when I lived in Southern California that uh, uh, was a women's group. And we would put together like little care packages and, and have them in our cars. So if you're stopped at an intersection, you could uh, the little uh, gift bag would include maybe a couple of granola bars. Uh, there was one group that I was familiar with. They'd put a five dollar bill in there wow. and then just and maybe some toiletries. Uh, do you find is that helpful or is it, you, you know, because sometimes you don't know sure. it, rolling down your window and ha handing something out to someone on a street corner. Sure. Is that helpful? Sometimes it's very hard to determine if that person is just panhandling or if they're legitimately homeless. So what I tell my friends and family is if you want to give someone money and you don't care where it's going and you're okay if they're doing whatever they want with it, then give them the money. But if you truly want to help our homeless population, you can connect yourself with a group uh, or a nonprofit that has the ability to outreach to those clients. So Help of Southern Nevada, we have outreach teams that go out into the encampments, the tunnels, all of the places not meant for human habitation, and we deliver those services. So during the summer, we could use assistance for water bottles. So we bring out water every single day. That saves a life. We will be making winter kits here in the next couple of days. Those winter kits include beanies, just scarves, um, the hot hands to keep their them warm, uh, the emergency blankets, things like that. So if you can align yourself with a nonprofit that actually will be giving those out to the clients, what that does is two things. It uh, helps us to, with our budget. And so we don't have to purchase those items and we can use uh, that money for other programs or for actual assistance. And it also allows us to maintain those relationships with our homeless clients that are still on the streets. Because right now, housing is very difficult to get. Even when we identify people, we don't have the units to put people in. So those people might be living on the streets for a couple of months until we can get them into housing. So that allows us to go out and just continuously check in and make sure everyone's doing all right. And it extends that olive branch. Hey, we're here to help you. We're bringing you these items. 
let's get you into some housing. Let's get you some services. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And my sense is that there are probably several categories. We've already mentioned one where uh, there's been a a crisis in, uh, like, well, with what we went through with the pandemic or maybe a major medical expense or whatever the expenditure is. But then there's another category of people that might be dealing with mental illness. And then to get into housing, that's going to be challenging because they may not be able to properly ma- manage that, what that entails, you know, paying your rent, utilities, or whatever that might be. So could you, uh, in our time, I know yes. I, I, there's so many aspects of this mm-hmm. that we could talk about, but if you could address that too, is there a way to help those that are experiencing the mental yes, issues? That's So a lot of our clients are going to be co-occurring. So they have mental health and substance abuse. Mm-hmm. The substance abuse comes because they're self-medicating. They're not on the proper medication for their mental health. Again, we are housing first. So what that means is it doesn't matter where you come to us or what you come to us with. We want to get you into housing. Once we stabilized your housing, we have intensive case managers that will work on that mental health. They'll work on that substance abuse. We wrap those services around you and we make sure that those clients are okay. We assist with rent. We make sure you get help with employment. We have a workforce services department. It, Like I said, it's that one-stop shop. We just want to get you into housing so we can give all of those services to you at that point. Well, as our time is kind of escaping us now, is there any added thought that you'd like to put on? And definitely give that website information one more time, please. Right. So I I think what I just want to get out is that it's very important that we recognize everyone deserves to have a home to live in. And you're not defined by your past. Let's work on your future. So please, if you know anyone who needs help, if you need help yourself, do not hesitate to come to Help of Southern Nevada. The best way is to go to our website, helpsonv.org, or to email us at info at helpsonv.org. We have someone who answers all of those emails personally. So please reach out. Do not stay where you are because of pride or because you... You're, you're nervous that we can't help. We will figure out how to get you housed and how to begin your new life, your new chapter. Thank you. You've been listening to Abby Quinn, Chief Community Relations Officer from Help of Southern Nevada. Thank you. Thank you. And now part two, let's head over to the KUNV Performance Studio. So cool. This is Rita on the road and in the KUNV studios, we have none other than UNLV's Dave Loeb, along with Eddie playing on the tenor sax. Guys, guys, you sound fantastic. Well, folks, while they're setting their instruments down and going to make their way over to the microphones, we're going to hear all the details of what's going on 
currently in the UNLV Music Department. Guys, you sounded fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for coming on over here to the KUNV Studios. All right, Dave Loeb, he is the Director, Coordinator, Division of Jazz and Commercial Music, along with a ton of other things. If you ever read this man's bio <laughs> and all the people you've worked with, I know you're very humble, but... Uh, I'm a, I've always been a big fan of Nancy Wilson, and you could just go on. Well, yeah, name drop a little bit, who all you've performed and Thank written Thank you, things. Rita. Yeah, Nancy <laughs> Wilson, and I was honored to get to work with her at the Hollywood Bowl. I was the pianist there for 10 years, and she came in on that one. And then I also played for her on a show called The Real, Real Meaning of Christmas on Fox. I was doing a show called In Living Color, working on behind the scenes and coming up with the music for a lot of the skits and everything. And then they were also doing... Uh, this show, this gospel special, and she came in and sang, I think it was O Little Town of Bethlehem with Mom, with the BB and CC Wine. And so oh anyway, she goodness. was just lovely. Well, I was, I was, what an honor. It was and great. The, so. And the list goes on and on. You have worked with so many people. Please introduce Eddie to our, our listeners as well. Well, this is one of our very fine students in the UNLV uh, School of Music, Division of Jazz and Commercial Music, Eddie Sarabia, and uh, he is a saxophonist with our award-winning Jazz Ensemble One, and also with our Joe Williams Scholarship Jazz Combo, um, which is we receive scholarships in the name of the great late Joe Williams, um, who passed away several years ago and lived in Vegas. But uh, he's a member of that combo, and that combo is going to be performing at the Jazz Education Network International Conference in Orlando this upcoming January. I think wow. it's on January 7th, and they've been chosen among the universities worldwide as one of the top um, small jazz, like a chamber group, and uh, Eddie's a fantastic uh, uh, saxophonist, and he plays flute and all the instruments in the woodwinds, uh, and also he's from Hamilton High School oh in goodness. California, in Los Angeles area, which is a, a, another high school that is that we've had many other students from there. One of them, Otto Wheeling, is now the who did his master's with us at UNLV. He's the uh, pianist and musical director for Donny Osmond and also for the Raiders band. With See David. what I mean? These names, you can drop names all day long. Uh, that The whole purpose of this segment, having you here in the studio, yeah. is an auditory pat on the back for all you're doing. And and Eddie, uh, are you looking forward to January? What, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, of course. Uh, just really grateful to be part of the program. Um, we we were actually there last year with uh, with a different ensemble. Latin Jazz Ensemble was performing at last year's Gen, and uh, we got to meet so many incredible artists. Uh, Tia Fuller, Sean Jones, having FaceTime with with all these people that are pioneers in our art is is going to be really incredible. And and congratulations on being a recipient of the Joe Williams Scholarship. And and what year are you in your your music program here at UNLV? I'm in my fourth year. All right. Oh, he's going to graduate and go away. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you'll come back and help out, right? Yeah, I've, I've learned so much. Very, very grateful to the program. Incredible lineage. Uh, again, I'm from Hamilton. A lot of uh, other alumni from UNOV are actually from that school. So, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Well, there's something else, as I mentioned about an auditory pat on the back, and it's well-deserved because uh, you are so busy with this program, Dave, and just all these talented students. But I know there's something coming up when anybody mentions Grammy, Grammy. So please fill our listeners in what is happening for the department now and your students. Well, we are so excited. Uh, and there are many uh, <clears throat> faculty and students that have uh, been part of this, but our recent CD, Almost There, um, has been entered in the Grammys, and it has gotten to the first round for Grammy consideration. 
Wow. And it's a two CD set, and it's uh, almost all of our student groups were included, so they're all they all contributed to this uh, incredible honor. And uh, <clears throat> also one of our students, R Ricardo Arana, who wrote the title song, um, received a, um, a consideration, Grammy consideration for his original piece. We have faculty, uh, Carlos Mata Alvarez, who has uh, some video game music he's written that's gotten Grammy consideration, mm -hmm. Dr. Jennifer Beller. It's one of her pieces that's considered, and uh, Professor Adam Schroeder, who's in our jazz division, uh, was considered for one of his uh, incredible uh, instrumental jazz solos in that category. So awesome. we're pretty we're represented well in this uh, first round of the Grammys. So we're excited. Well, I'd like to uh, let our listeners know how can they how can we get this? I'm holding the CD in my hands here. Yes. But how can we get it into the hands of our listeners? Where can they find this? Well, the listeners can obtain this uh, CD from uh, on Spotify, Apple. Uh, Amazon and uh, also Bandcamp on various venues and also on VegasRecords.com, which is uh, locally here in Vegas. Fantastic. And coming up in uh, December and January, you've already mentioned how uh, you're going to be going to Florida. Uh, anything else that we can mention that our listeners can catch during uh, December, January? What do you think? Yes, we have our um, Fall Jazz Festival, and it's November 28th. Jazz Ensemble 3, Jazz Vocal Ensembles, Jazz Guitar Ensemble, uh, and the next night, Tuesday, the 29th of November, Latin and Contemporary Jazz Ensembles, and on the 30th of November, the Wednesday night, Jazz Ensembles 1 and 2. All those performances are at UNLV in the Black Box Theater. The concerts are at 7.30, and you can find out ticket information from the PAC box office. That is wonderful. Well, I, you know... Our time is kind of escaping us, but I'd like to get your perspective over the years because uh, you've, you've been with the UNLV uh, system for quite, quite a while. For prospective students considering going in for a career of music, what can you say for a future career in this field? Because it's not easy, not easy being a musician and marketing yourself and the highs and lows of a career like this. So what it, advice? It can be very challenging, but I have to say that we have a very good uh, record of student and alumni that are performing successfully all over Las Vegas and all around the world. I mean, Kenny Rampton's an alum. He's with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra with, with, with Marcellus. Like I said earlier, the Otto Ealing and his uh, um, the boss for that, the Raiders band, is David Perico. He's graduated from our program. We have Uli Geisendorfer, who, at any rate, the list goes on. But our students are, are obtaining... Uh, wonderful employment as professional musicians and as educators at major universities like LSU. Uh, one of our students, Molly Redfield, just uh, received assistant professor there, so she was hired, and another Robert Chipley uh, at Hope College in Michigan, and uh, I could go on and on, but the placement is incredible, the students, and in both the professional world and as uh, educators. Well, for future students thinking about signing up here at UNLV, you would just gain a wealth of knowledge and experience. And, hey, you could be on the next CD here, <laughs> you know, for Grammy consideration. Dave, anything else you want to, or Eddie, that you want to uh, add on before we our, our time is fleeting? I just want to say very grateful to the Joe Williams Foundation for, uh, for, I mean, they're the reason why I have the opportunity to be here. Um, also, to the incredible faculty at this university, um, it's the more I go around town, 
the the more I see people that I have connections with through my professors, through people I know. So uh, yeah, just very grateful to the program and, and happy to be here. And I forgot one of the, I didn't forget, but one of the dates is December fourteenth at the Clark County Library. Our jazz vocal ensembles are performing, and Laura Smith's been doing a great job along with Joe Bell Unelli, her faculty, who she teaches them the, the art of scat singing. And she puts together, Laura puts together the ensembles, and uh, that's another free concert on December 14th, Wednesday night at the Clark County Library. See, lots to do here in town. Dave Loeb, thank you so much for coming in, and Eddie, you guys sounded fantastic. Thank you. jazz and more this is Rita on the road and here I am at the bootleggers bistro I've caught up with Judy Tart who is the president of the Las Vegas Jazz Society and board member and uh, singer extraordinaire Ryan Baker hi you guys hi Rita glad you're here oh my pleasure well tell us about a little bit of the history of the Las Vegas Jazz Society well, the Las Vegas Jazz Society was organized uh, in the 70s, 1975, by Monk Montgomery, one of the Montgomery brothers. And uh, he was playing here in the city and knew that there were a lot of people that liked jazz and that liked playing jazz, but weren't getting the opportunity. So he set up the Jazz Society just for that reason, so people could play and people could hear. That is wonderful. And tell us a little bit more about what well, what do you do in the Las Vegas Jazz Society? What are the, the benefits of becoming a member? Can you speak to that, Ryan? Well, uh, you know, what, what we do here at this group is uh, it's kind of threefold. It's sort of uh, put on, we're, we're, we're at Bootlegger here. We just had a great uh, musical event uh, with a, uh, a great uh, band. So we put on events like this periodically throughout the year and sponsor some other ones. Um, we also have to do some educational programs with the schools in the local area, younger uh, younger musicians, the next generation. And we're, in general, just promoting this music in the community, the broader community here in Las Vegas. So, I mean, you know, becoming a member, you get to be a part of that. You get to support that. Um, there, are, there are ways you can... You can uh, give them your time and be involved in, in, in the different things like I talked about, like the different groups that, that do those various functions. Um, but you also, you know, there's a, a discount to these events and, and uh, things like that. But uh, really it's just being part of it and it's a kind of a community of people, of like-minded, you know, who, who are pr support this music and want to promote it. Exactly, because this is a genre of music that we don't want it to disappear. Jazz is so part of our history here. So how long have you been involved, Judy? And you're the president of the organization. That is awesome. Yes, well, I am. Um, I figure that it's more like coordinating people than the title might explain. But yes, I have been involved since 1975 because I was on that first board with Mont Montgomery. Uh, I was five at the time, of course, but, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But, uh, and I have pretty much been part of the Jazz Society, off and on, mostly on, since that time. Well, you've mentioned about being on the board. Well, I'm going to share with our listeners that I am so honored to now uh, have been elected, yeah. appointed, I don't know, I'm going to, it's my honor to serve on the board of the Las Vegas Jazz Society, and what are your expectations for this upcoming year of 2023, what do you hope to accomplish? Well, we hope to continue these concerts that Ryan was uh, speaking of. We have the Sunday Jazz Series going, and it's once a month. We're hoping to experiment maybe with cabaret jazz at the later time rather than in the mornings or early afternoons. And we sponsor community events such as the annual jazz picnic. We just had the 44th, I think it was, uh, jazz picnic. And we uh, are sponsoring a community jazz program uh, called Jazz Artists. Arts and it's a it's a community band for those people who are uh, some playing professionally, but some who just want to hone their skills again. And it's a workshop kind of situation, and that meets Wednesdays uh, from 6:30 to 7:30 or something like that. I don't know. They could find out on our website. Uh, Speaking of website, let's offer the website so people can follow up. Right, that's uh, lvjs.org is where like, people can find out yeah. about all these kinds of things. And if you're a member of the Jazz Society, uh, we have a team that will call people that are uh, members and let them know what the events are, what upcoming events are going on and so on. Speaking of upcoming events, let's give a plug because I know you've got something coming up December, in December, December 4th. Yeah, what would that be? Yes, yeah, so we're going to actually, right here at the Bootlegger, we're going to have another of these Sunday jazz events with uh, Ronnie Rose's quartet. And he's going to have uh, Carlos Mata on sax as guest star. Awesome. And then kicking off the new year, January February 15th, 2023. Who's going to be That's there? That's a fine drummer, uh, Pepe Morales. And uh, he gives a really exciting show, so people are going to want to come. I believe he has a quartet. So not going to want to miss that, folks. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, you, I know you all You are so busy and promoting jazz in Las Vegas and beyond. <laughs> you know, any, any other words that you'd like to share to uh, uh, going into the new year? Well, we just come on out and support jazz, folks, because, you know, it is our, as you say, Rita, our American heritage. So, yeah. Yeah, in all its forms, wherever you can find it, really, it's just uh, really? it's a great thing to, to nurture, and it's it's really uh, you find a lot of uh, benefits that you get from it too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rita. Much thanks to our guests this week: Abby Quinn from Help of Southern Nevada, Dave Loeb from the UNLV Music Department, and Eddie Saravia and Judy Tart and Ryan Baker from the Las Vegas Jazz Society. If you'd like to hear this episode again, you can find the audio at KUNV.org on the podcast page. This is Rita Pardue with 91.5 Jazz and More.